Life is so much better when you have friends to connect and kiki with. And no matter how near or far you are, thank God for things like WhatsApp to always keep you together. And in this friendship, all day and all night, we send each other long as voice notes. Every day we discuss just about everything from what we had for dinner to the music we like to the men we met to exercise and don't forget our absolute favorite thing insecure so sit back and relax as these two girls tell you everything about life love and all things in between welcome to long air voice notes what's up family 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 welcome back to long af voice notes we are on episode six for everybody who has listened thus far thank you we feel like international superstars (laughs) in our minds we're dope as fuck but in real life we're dope as fuck thank you so much (laughs) we're coming back week after week after week so sarita insecure season four episode six low-key dunzo what grade are you giving it so this episode was just an Issa episode i i appreciated the in-depth uh uh catch up of her after the black party but i think i'm gonna have to give it a b yeah why well, me yeah let's go into that a little bit give me some meat behind it <laughs> let's go into the b it was nuanced you know, it, it, it there wasn't a lot that happened. I think it was a really, but it was insightful to her headspace because I, I mentioned before, like we're fast forwarding so much. Yeah. We don't really see necessarily the um, emotional toll that this whole situation with the Black Party, um, with Molly and everything else going on in her life has taken on her. So now we, we slowed down a bit. Um, I think I just didn't really appreciate the the, the crew from the sip and paint. Like, I was like, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to wait to hear your feedback on this, but that whole scenario was like, to me, it, I could have done without it, but yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I definitely give it a C. <laughs> you know, oh, I, wow. you know I'm <laughs> underwhelmed. I'm just underwhelmed. And because I know, I know. It was such an emotional last episode. They built us up and it was like you took a five hour energy and then afterwards you just plateaued. Like just yeah, like yeah, yeah. crashing down. And not that it wasn't good because there were so many funny ass factors in this past episode, but like we're ready to get to the meat of it. And now I'm like, you only have four episodes left and I'm hearing that next episode is strictly Molly and Andrew. So like, when when, are, when is the rest of these things going to develop? And then we got to wait another 18 months for another season? Like, bruh, come on, <laughs> give me more, give me more. So yeah, underwhelmed as always, but let's jump right into relationships, even though there wasn't a lot of relationships, but let's jump into relationships. What are you thinking? Well, it looks like Light Scan Bay is here to stay. And okay, I'm the only one here that's excited. <laughs> so Nathan, aka Light Scan Bay, you mentioned last time he should have been there. He should have stayed. He didn't, but he did call to check in, which was nice. And also, I feel like 
maybe it's not in a romantic sense. Maybe it's them just like building a friendship um, because, you know, it's not like they're making plans to meet or, or, or sweet talking each other. It just seems like um, he came back at the right time just to be a support to her because it doesn't seem like she really has anybody else. Um, but yeah, other than that, well, we had the ladies who were engaged, which I guess that could also go into the relationship part. Um, homeboy's proposal where he pretended to play dead <laughs> and was like, I'm addicted to you. Girl, I said, who wrote this? <laughs> wow. I mean, who am I to say? You know, who am I to say how to do your proposal, how not to do your proposal? But it was an interesting choice. It was an interesting tactic, and I hope that no one else is inspired by <laughs> by this storyline. <laughs> but I don't know. Is there are there any other relationships that you saw that you? Oh, or Issa's brother in the beginning when he calls her and you see the guy walk by. But you know, I thought that was interesting because I was like, oh yeah, like we we already see what this is because he just dismissed him like, uh, 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 uh. Um, right. but to go back to the proposal, I was like, this is going to be one of two things. It's going to be us being like, if y'all don't get y'all ghetto ass out of here. And then I was like, and then people are going to be like, oh my God, that was so creative. And so and I was like, that is the dramatics of our generation, right? Yeah, exactly. So much. And I just was like, he did what? And I was like, I can't. And she was like, ah. And I was like, that's really how females be. <laughs> and it's like, I give him an A for effort, but whoever wrote this, I was like, I can't. Um, so I was upset in the beginning when they were playing the recap when they specifically showed that part about Nathan. And I was like, You should have been there. You know, I was like, You should have stayed. You know, I'm just yelling at my TV and I'm like tweeting the Nathan in real life, like, you so messy. <laughs> You should have stayed. Don't be leaving. No, I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. But I, Poor Kendrick Sampson. <laughs> I know, I know. Listen to all the insecure actual uh, actors and actresses. We are sorry that we come at you as if you are your character in real life, okay? Because people be going at, and I was going at him. I was like, Kendrick, I don't even want to hear what you talk about because you got those oh, few days. You know, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me separate reality from the actors yeah. from the art. <laughs> I was, mm. but I don't know how I felt about him calling her. I don't know how I. I was just like, okay, you're here, but for how long? You know what I mean? Like ghosting is very real, and like when dudes ghost once, if there's not some immediate connection, they're gonna do it again. I just feel like he can't be trusted. And I'm like, Issa, I don't want you to get too wrapped up in this because if you remember, she said this is not the way that I wanted us to reconnect. And I said, oh my gosh, this is such a girl thing. I think about how many times like we've played scenarios in our heads about linking up with dudes that are from our past. And it doesn't happen like that at all. We're like, oh, we're going to get back together and we're going to be skating on ice during Christmas and we're gonna live happily ever after I'm like and it never happens that way so the way that y'all reconnect was at your blog party when you was about to get in the fight with your best friend and I was just like that is very real because as soon as she said that I was like oh and I was like damn they always in my business like yes that's not how I ever want to reconnect with somebody I mean what about you in your head have you created the scenarios about reconnecting with somebody and then it never happens that way i think i mean 
if you want to ask somebody who has expertise in being ghosted, you can talk to me. Uh, I have a PhD in being ghosted. I realize there are guys, they disappear, evaporate out of, and I, you know, I, I, I keep thinking like, what if, like, of course the worst part about being ghosted is running through the scenarios of why. Is it something that I did? Could I have done something differently? Maybe there's something wrong with me. And then in the end, Fast forward a year later, usually the guy pops back up and his excuse is more for him than it is for you. You know, like whatever they have to say, whatever um, justification they give you for ghosting you, why they think that it's a good time to reconnect. It's just to get this guilt off of them. And so this feeling of like, oh, we're going to reconnect and we're going to get back together is never as satisfying because I realized, no, you should have never done me that way in the first place. And whatever excuse you have, you were scared, you were this, you were that. You could have had an adult conversation with me and talked about it. So in the sense of, of Light Skin Bay slash Nathan, I get your annoyance, your just the same face that you give every time we talk about him or when you see him on screen. Because, again, like mental health issues are very serious, but you just have to be able to talk about it and go about it in the right way. You can't go to people. And okay, so the other relationship that I just thought about when the um when her assistant called her for the next day, and she was like, "Is it against the rules to date the vendors?" And I want to just jump into this right fast. What do you think about workplace relationships? Like, trash, full on trash. Have you had that before? Yes. Yeah. And it was a it was a, a hot mess. We didn't want to tell anyone that we were together. And everyone, like everyone, managers, people I didn't even really know were warning me, like, you really shouldn't date this guy. He's not serious. So we had to hide our relationship. I remember we were in the car together and one of our coworkers was walking by and I was like, <laughs> like trying to crunch myself up in the seat. And it was, and I think when you start a relationship secretively, it's really great for all the work relationships that start and you can be open and like, oh, we're together. But once your relationship starts as a secret and you sort of have to pretend like you're not with the person while you're at work, for me, I couldn't separate it when we were outside of work. So it it, it started off doomed to fail. Aww. But have you had any? Yeah, I have. And I had one where I was dating two people at once because at that time I was just like, I'm a savage. Hey. <laughs> And like, you know, I just was like, yeah. And so one of the men who I was dating was a C-level exec and he was older. And the other dude who I was dating was not, he was under me, but he was like the hood dude who was going to take care of me. They both were hood dudes. One was a C-level exec. One was like the young guy and they both had different dynamics. And so when me and the older dude stopped like kind of messing around, like he found out or he was hearing from people that I was talking to the other dude because I always denied everything. Like what? I'm like, oh, because somebody brings me lunch or somebody brings me breakfast. That means I'm like, what? And even though that is what that meant, I'm just like, whatever. You know, the older dude would like be like, oh, come to my house. And I'm like, we're supposed to go to work. And he'd be like, let's stop by my house first. And then we would both come in like 30 minutes apart. And he'd be like, oh, why are you late? And I'm like, shit. You know, and I'm like, really? Like he just was petty. But 
when he found out about the young, the other one, he started treating me crazy. And so the younger one still to this day don't know about him. So he like nobody in the office could piece together like why he was coming at me with so much aggression. But he had his heart on his sleeve. He was, you know, acting that way. I'm like, oh, you supposed to be a savage dude. Like, what's up? But yeah, I mean, it, it made it somewhat messy, but I didn't care because I was like, who gonna check me, boo? Like, you know? So I just think it's always interesting to see because a lot of people won't date at their job. But I'm like... If people don't know, like, what difference do it make? Like, go ahead. Because when you think about it, you spending the most time around your coworkers anyways. So yeah. it is what it's going to be. But all right, friendships. What do you got? What are you thinking? Well, I mentioned earlier these scammers mm-hmm. in the scene from the sip and paint. Mm-hmm. Paint and sip. I, that's just messed up. They were having such a good time. How are you just going to run out the bathroom and... That whole situation, I was like, where did this even come from? Like, I thought it was going to be like, you know, reminding Issa of the the good times of of being in a group of friends and like, yeah, I need to reconnect and make this right. But instead, again, she got left with with the bill. And I feel like in the whole episode, you know, the episode started with Molly's words in her head about how she uses people. And it, the whole episode, she was trying to do nice things to feel or to, like, validate the feeling she has of herself. I'm sure that she's not a user. Like, no, actually, I, I do want to tell people out that she offers the same to Nathan. You know, if you ever need anything, you know I'd do the same for you. She tried to give Homeboy a ride. We can talk about that in other shifts. But the whole episode, she's trying to do something nice. So then to see these girls take advantage of her was like, that was just really, I don't know, it was just like really sad. I was like, we had enough sadness in the friendship in the last episode. Can we have some kind of like positivity here? But then I wish the epi- the part of the episode where she hit the girl over the head with the painting would have been real life. Like, welcome to LA. I wanted that to be so, real life. Me too. I was so mad when they flashed back. I was like, no. <laughs> that L like a champ um but you also mentioned last time about they are a group of friends when two friends fight where do the other friends go and in the episode Kelly went off to check on Molly but it's clear she's been making an effort to reach out to both of them to be like what's going on have you guys talked let's fix it so I appreciate Kelly you know even though she wasn't necessarily in in the episode she was around being a voice of reason like so you just aren't going to address the situation because she doesn't call you. So that's a whole thing that we didn't really get any any clarity on. Then the last scene, how do you feel about this uh, final scene of the episode? You know, you know my current situation. And I always had to ask myself, like, if I go somewhere because there's nothing but mutual friends and this other person is there, what do I do? And, you know, I, I was I was tweeting during the episode. And so many people were like, I would have walked right in, looked at her, ordered my stuff. And I'm like, there's so much uncomfortable and unsettling feelings about seeing a person that you have an issue with. And it's like, do I walk into this and 
feel all of these things of uncomfortableness or do I just stop it so I don't go back through this lane? So I'm not thinking about it all tonight, even though I'm sure she went home and thought about like, well, what would have happened if I went in? But I'm not so sure I would have went in either. So I just was like, ah, but also it was another like stab because you're best friends and this is a place you go together. So why wouldn't Molly be there when this is y'all spot? You know what I mean? Like, this is where you guys go. And people was like, Molly was all in there with her Bob laughing and kicking. I'm like, y'all so petty. But maybe she was trying to also find a sense of release. And I'm glad that Molly didn't see her, or at least we think Molly doesn't see her. But we we don't know what happens after Issa turns around. I mean, you don't know your best friend from the front, the back, the side, upside down, anything. So I, I don't. I don't think I would have walked in because it wasn't something where there was a mutual party and we had to go. I think I would have stopped too. Like, I'm not ready for this. So I was, I was proud of her for turning back around. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, she was having her whole self-care Sunday belated, right. but she was <laughs> high as hell. Right. Uh, chilling in her sweat. And I think, yeah, like, you know, she had already had a day, you know, and I don't think it was the right time for her to add something on top of that. But also, I did notice that Molly just seemed to be completely unbothered. And, and of course, this is a, at a glance. Like, who knows? Maybe she's just, like, going through memes to make herself feel better. But I think, like, the whole day, she she's getting reminders from Kelly, like, oh, you need to reach out. You need to reach out. And Molly's just, like, chilling on her phone, living her best life. So it doesn't even really seem like she's phased. She's not weighed down by the fact that she has this huge uh, issue with one of her closest friends. So I don't know. It was a little, I wouldn't have walked in, but mainly out of petty. Y'all gonna stop thinking about what y'all want to think about Molly. Yvonne, tell him stop coming for you, girl. Y'all was like, Molly goes up there. How y'all know Molly was on face? How y'all know Molly wasn't crying for three hours before and then she went and somebody sent her a funny text message. Y'all, Molly just living her best life. Y'all love to put my girl down. That's okay. I'm still team Molly in these streets, okay? But yeah, and so I definitely agree with you. Like, I like how Kelly is a mutual friend. And y'all gonna spell Kelly's name right. It's K-E-L-L-I not with the why but i love how she is a mutual friend that's how i feel like friendship is do not pick sides but make sure that both friends are okay and i do get in that moment last episode when they both went their separate ways how one needed to go with one and one needs to go with other just like you got her you got her okay um but i just appreciate kelly because we don't see tiffany but kelly's at tiffany's house helping her with the baby and kelly is an overall good friend i think i appreciate that um we were happy for Issa with this set of new friends because we like, oh, like she's finding, you know, like solace in people. But them girls were shady. And I know we both lived in Maryland. So we was like, PG County girls ain't. Sh-. I'm like, I'm like, girl, yeah. I was, I was out. Yeah. Bougie and ratchets all together. Okay. PG County girls. And I was like, these hoes, like, girl, I was, I felt, I felt it up in here. And for people who aren't from that area, who haven't been to that area, we are like serious about the division between DC, Maryland, Virginia, yeah. counties in Maryland. Like, yes. I, I, ha- I have a house in PG County, but I'm not from PG County. So if someone's like, oh, you're from PG, don't like, do me like that. Okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, you're from Baltimore. Wrong again. Okay? So where do you say you're from? Annapolis or Severn? 
girl, I say Severn. And people are like, never heard of it. I'm like, that's cool, but it's not Baltimore. Okay? Right? <laughs> Don't do me. <laughs> Don't do me like that now. Severin. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I thought that was it my heart. But you know, I was like, karma. I'm like, yeah. Now, how does it feel when people are being nice to you and then they disappoint you and they're supposed to be your friends? Karma, Issa, coming back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wasn't with it. But, well, I'll wait for other ships. But I was happy to see Kyla Pratt. I love how Insecure always gets the older or the people from the past to come back in there. And I just was like, hey, girl. Hey, Kyla, girl. And she looked thick. I, I was like, yes. So, you know. age today. <laughs> Not Nan. You hear me? Not Nan. I was like, okay. But yeah. And I also think that Nathan is also kind of trying to be a friend. Um which I appreciated that, but like I said, again, for how long? And then the friendship between her and her mom. I mean, that was real. You don't always want your parents in your business, but at certain points in times, like you need them. And I felt like every black woman at that moment was like, could identify with that. Where at one point in time, period in our lives, we didn't have to say anything. As soon as we got around our parents, our grandparents, Somebody in our family, it was just like that release that you needed. And we see how Issa's been ignoring her mom the whole time. But like at that moment in time, she needed that validation from her mother. And I just was like, this is very, very real. And I was proud of them for writing that into their scene. So I just was like, okay. Um, any thoughts? Yes. And like she's like, moms, just know the right thing to say. If you have a good relationship with your mother, like right. because there's also like some people who don't. But but moms just they they can see you they can hear it in your tone they know you're responsive when something is off yeah. and yes it was really nice to just see her her mom comfort her and just be there for her and then joke around because again like it seems like Issa's kind of on an island by herself so she's reaching out to the the connections that she has to kind of lift herself up yeah and we don't ever really see Issa in a vulnerable state like that, like not to the point where she's like breaking down. So I think that was important for us to see too, because it shows the highs and lows of life. You could do something so amazing, like she did with her block party, but still feel so black. You know what I mean? It's like, why, why do I have to experience this feeling right after I did something that was like amazing? You know what I mean? Like we already saw the validation from people online. People were like, yo, it was dope. And she still has like this, I guess emptiness inside, but that's very real. Like I love how it depicts 30 somethings and maybe 20 somethings go through this. I don't know. I don't remember going through all of this at 20 something, but these are our lives very much. So, so other ships, everything else where you want to start girl. <laughs> all the other things. Girl, can we start with George? This crazy ass. What was wrong with him? He's like, Oh, you got a lot of questions. I just asked you where you were going because I'm giving you a a ride <clears throat> girl old man George first of all he had the best one-liners period <laughs> girl 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 <laughs> best he was crazy as hell he was he was everybody's uncle that one uncle that you got that's just crazy like you need something but then you're gonna tell me how to do it then you're gonna be unsatisfied and have the nerve to be yeah. 
Then you see Charles, he like, that ain't Charles. Charles, that you. Then you got a peek, girl. I was done with George. I'm like, I hope George comes back. <laughs> because that was so funny. But I'm also like this pattern of Issa trying to do something nice for people. And it's like, for one, you trying to help this pregnant lady and you ain't got no money, right? The that pregnancy tried it so though. Sad. She said, um, this gave me perspective. You know, when you think it's bad, there's always someone who has it worse. But that was, I really was, I was sad for, for Issa. But at the same time, how all those groceries going to ring up to 150 something dollars? Ma'am, what did you have in here? And then she said, just get the wine. I was done. <laughs> can you spare, can you spare some change? $150 worth, please? Girl, I ain't never seen that happen. Have you ever seen that happen? When somebody asks you to buy their groceries? Never. Never in my life. Going to each and every person where I'm apart from pregnant Billy. Girl, but it was so real because... I used to be the type of person who would help anybody, even though I was broke. And I was like, ooh, I was like, y'all just pulling on everything today. It's like, I ain't got no money myself, so what am I doing helping that person? I'm like, I have more than they have. I'm counting my blessings, and it'll come back just like Issa said. I was like, oh, this exactly. is too real. too real. It did not come back this episode, though. <laughs> Period. Shorty got played and some more stuff. Um, Okay, let's talk about Shannon on the scene, because... That took me out, okay? And I was like, I thought Shannon on the scene ain't have nothing yet. Like, that looked real professional. <laughs> he was like, this is Shannon on the scene. I said, if you don't get your ass out of here, Shannon, that was hilarious. What are you thinking? You know, I was really excited for Shannon to start her little YouTube channel. But Shannon is ghetto, okay? She ain't right. What? How did her summarization of the block party fit anything that actually happened in real life? I'm mad at Shannon. Bye, chicken. I ain't gonna go butter. I said, girl, bye. Bye, <laughs> Shannon on the scene. Bye. In the words of Sarita, I was like, I can't. I can't deal with this. What wow. do you feel about the fact that this episode showed us that Sometimes we don't have it all figured out, and that's okay. Even at 30-something, you still don't know what you want to do, or you're still figuring out. I thought that was so real because I feel like people think we're all walking around here and have it all made up in our mind. I'm like, we just trying to figure out when we're going to eat next and how we're going to wash our clothes. Like, is you, are you serious right now? I'm like, I think this is right in the time when you start being molded and figuring out what your purpose in life is. But I just thought that was so real also. I think we're in a generation that's very misunderstood because even in our parents' generation, by the time you're in your 30s, you're working a job, whether you like it or not, you know, usually full-time, usually underpaid and underappreciated. Yeah. But for us as 30-somethings, we have kind of taken ownership of the life that we want to live. We're not necessarily subscribing to the nine to five desk job. We're taking risk with our career, regardless of if it's uh, financially wise or not. You know, we are investing in ourselves, whether it's time, whether it's uh, uh, new ventures like podcasts and YouTube channels and, and self-publishing and, um, social media and all of these things we're investing in ourselves in sort of unconventional ways because we want to be fulfilled in what we're doing and I like this exact progression from 
we got y'all. You know, this this desk job where Issa was like miserable and and the woman who started it had no idea what to do with Issa because as one of the only black people in the company, she should have had a much bigger role, and, you know, being underappreciated, probably underpaid and going to building a block party again, which is super unconventional. People are like, I'm sorry, you do what? Even the girls were like, what? I'm sorry, what do you you do what? And I like the way she kind of talked it through in her head and like basically gave herself this pristine title. And I was like, exactly. That we're our own executives now. So I, I you're right. Like the show is just us and we are the show and it gives us what we give it and it gives us back. And <laughs> I love it. One of the best tweets I saw yesterday, this dude had the meme of a person typing and he was like, Issa going on LinkedIn to update her LinkedIn title and her resume. And I was like, yes. I was like, absolutely. Because I was like, this th- that sounded good as hell. I was like, right? okay. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm here yeah. for it. What do you feel about the feedback she was giving and the engagement? Because I was like, yes, this is exactly how you build loyal people. Engagement, engagement, engagement. But I was so happy that so many people gave her so much love. Like, I was like, thank you. Even though y'all was late, even though y'all tried to get her off the stage because y'all wanted to see old boy come I was like, I appreciated that part also. I love that. I love that. And you know, she checked in more than once during the show. That little reminder, like that, all that hard work and maybe even the loss of a friendship started uh started out super stressful for her almost seeming impossible and in the end like people are like when's the next one so maybe this is now her her future doing events yes and i want to touch on the fact especially because everybody sarita got a house Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. Y'all, she is a two-time homeowner and in two different countries. And I ain't never seen nobody do that. So uh <laughs> okay. But um let's talk about and and so these are things that hit home for me. But when Issa walks into her house, and you could tell it's just like her domain, and it was just like her sense of relief as soon as she walked in. And I was just like, yes, because for one, there's nothing like having your own space. But for two, I don't know if people notice, but, and I noticed it twice. There was this, there is this sign hanging up in her um, hallway. And the first time, like during the beginning of the episode, she just passes by, but I was like, oh, what does that say? And then they kind of like, they zoom in on it, but it's out of focus because you can see Issa, but it's reminders of stuff, just like how y'all see the wall the wall in back of me. Like It's reminders that you have to have positive affirmations around you or that you should set up your space to something where it makes it like your kingdom. As soon as you walk in, it's your safe place. It's, it's, your, it's your tabernacle. It's your church as soon as you walk in your house. And I love that because I was like, she finds solace with being by herself and being in her own space. And it's a place where she can be her. It's a place where there's no judgment. I just, I love that because I feel like personal space is so, so important. And living by yourself is so, so important. Like we talked about anyways, right? What what are your thoughts about it? So good for your mental health. And you just see, like you said, she has a sense of comfort when she comes in. And she's really come a long way from moving out uh, with uh, the apartment with her ex. And now creating this like safe haven, I think it's, it's, I love it. She had her little weed stash. Like, I'm trying to be like Lisa. That's what I I know. 
I loved it. I loved it. And can we also talk about how, and you know, I always love talking about the fashion, but I love that Issa can be herself and she's still super cute with like athleisure or she's just different. I'm like, this really how I look though. At the end of the, at the end of the day, I have sweatpants with the shirt, you know what I mean? Hair tied up. I love that they always show her hair tied up. Cause I'm like, yes, this is what black women go through. Like right before you go up, I had my whole, like my little head scarf on, you know? And I was like, I love the realness of this because this is real life. Yes, we have to tie our hair up. No, we're not always cute, but Issa is so cute, but comfortable within herself. And I think that's so important to show because they don't try to over-sexualize her. You know what I mean? Like, not that Molly is over-sexualized because that's Molly's character, but I feel like in all of these shows that we see, it always has to be all this crazy stuff. And Issa's kind of like a tomboy, so it ends up being really, really cute. I actually love the hair. Like, I love, she's always had it natural, but I like, because Black women are so versatile, we can have braids one day, we can have it curly the next day, and we can have it straight one day. You know, it, it shows each of them like Kelly usually and Issa have their natural hairstyle. Um, Molly's a wig wearer, which is also fine. I love a good weave, you know, and uh, obviously Tiffany is not right. a blonde bombshell. But I love her her hairstyle throughout the show. And when I wear my hair natural, which is really where I'm inspired to see like the versatility. Because sometimes when you have your natural hair, you're just like, oh, this is so difficult. But if you take time and care, you make it look beautiful. So I love the fashion and the hairstyle. Yes, and the music. The music was so good this episode. It's so good every episode, but they are so on point with the music. I just love, 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 love that. Okay, and before we get out of here, yeah, self care Sundays, yes, but what about Issa Mara version? What you think? Girl, I liked I liked Mira Issa this episode. I don't know. I feel like she was in the rearview mirror. That one was my favorite. She's like, <laughs> and I found it interesting. I don't know if you noticed this with the girls when she was like, "Oh, I'm not going to go for drinks." She looks at her reflection, and the reflection's like, "Go." Oh. But when she sees Molly, and she looks at her reflection, and it says, "Nada." So I found that super interesting, but I love the fact that they incorporate this mirror Issa into the show because even if it's not necessarily you looking in a mirror, you know, you're always like hyping yourself up or talking things through with yourself. And I, I love the visualization of this. I don't know. What do you think about Mira I Issa? love that Mira Bay and Issa had the conversation about self-care Sundays. Like, yes, girl, you take care of you. Like, you got to... <laughs> Slow down. You know what I mean? And I'm like, the other day I was asked, if your mirror could talk back to you, if your reflection could talk back to you, what would it say? Yeah, sometimes I do got to get in the mirror and be like, you are that bitch. You are freaking important. You are going to change the world. You are a millionaire because I have to see myself say it to myself. I just have to, you know what I mean? I think, I think Mary Issa is so important, but I was like, ho, don't just be quiet now. You talk every other time. So now you ain't got nothing to say when she about to walk in here. I was like, it's like, I'm so over you. (laughs) And I think that was really telling, you know, it's like, you got to make this decision yourself. And I, I think that's also something that they explore with Issa's character is like a lot of times, you know, she's going to her brother, she's going to friends, she's going to her mom, but like, 
are like how often is she really making these decisions for herself and she stood there and she and I, she hesitated obviously she was like ready to go and I thought there was a moment and she's like no I make this decision for myself not to put myself in a situation I think hopefully there's more of this definitely all right any last thoughts any last things to get out I'm just uh, we like you said next episode's just going to be Molly and Andrew so we're going to explore that but we need to have some resolution to this friendship debacle please but the next episode is directed by Jay Ellis so I'm really excited about wow. that yeah so Lawrence in real life is going to direct this episode and if you guys don't follow writers of insecure or insecure writers they every week they tell you who directed the episode who wrote the episode and then you get a, a in-depth look on those people's lives and they also always make a cameo so I can't wait to season five or season six when we see Sarita in there because she's oh, gonna get and you guys gonna be like i was watching that girl on youtube and now i saw her and insecure and i'm gonna be like that's my fucking friend from the podcast to the writer's room you know just exactly we're super so excited well you guys that's all the time that we have but make sure you follow us on all, all of our social platforms we are now on instagram as long af voice notes we're now on twitter as long af voice notes without an s <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in you can find this podcast on all platforms and since we didn't say it in the beginning because we rushed right into it i am marty underscore san diego on social platforms and this beautiful lady is sarita braxton on all social platforms yes so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week Peace. bye